My acceptance moment, where I felt safe being trans and non-binary. In this episode, we are joined by team members Bobby Pickard and Chloe Wally. During this powerful discussion, these employees reflect on previous experiences that they have had where they didn't feel welcomed, followed by moments where they felt embraced by their colleagues and a company's culture. Tune in as we learn more about these resilient employees, the challenges they have faced on their journey to self-acceptance, and BP's efforts to continue growing a more inclusive workplace. Please be aware, there is reference to suicide in this episode, which may be disturbing to some listeners. So Bobby, Chloe, thanks again. You know, obviously this recording is on acceptance. And I think it's fair to say that in the last few years, we have really experienced more of a conversation. I don't know if awareness is the appropriate word, but definitely more of a conversation happening within the LGBTQ plus space. But do you think that there is a lot of misinformation out there around gender and identity? Huge, huge amounts of misinformation. Um, you know, I think the I think there's generally a void of knowledge out there around what trans and especially non-binary means, what it is, what causes it. No, yeah, I agree. When you ask the question, my gut instinct was yes. Yes, I do think there's a lot of misinformation. And like Bobby said, I think it is sort of a bit of a void. And so many people don't understand. Even people that I'm close to that I would consider well-educated, especially when it comes to LGBTQ plus topics, don't under fully understand what non-binary means or what trans means um in its entirety do you think because there is um, such a a lack of awareness to some degree that you feel a responsibility to educate others i don't always know um or haven't done my research so i have to be very cognizant of what i'm saying and how i'm saying it and i just wonder do you all feel that responsibility um to to have to educate other people you know it's not really your job but does that come up from time to time in your lives yeah i think if you are trans or non-binary you know it's not your job to have to educate people but you do have to explain yourself your identity all the time every time you come out to someone it's it's an explanation it's re-explaining um your identity and yeah so you're sort of a walking education in that sense I guess for people uh but it really depends I will obviously have an initial conversation with someone when I come out to them and explain and I don't want people to to be confused so I will sit down with people and and have conversations about it um should it be on trans and non-binary people to educate, you know, gender conforming people? No. Um, and something I always go back to is just Google it. Like you really can just Google it. That, like Bobby said earlier, there's so many resources out there. You know, I never wanted to be a role model. I, I still actually 
don't much like being a role model. I don't really like the term. I don't really like, I don't really like doing it, but you don't really get a, certainly I don't, I don't think I really got a choice really. I mean, it's, it's just, just for the fact of coming out exactly as Chloe said, I had to explain and, and the minute you start explaining, then, um, everybody just wants you to explain more and it just you know you you kind of end up on a this fun fair ride that you can't get off really but you know I mean I've had five people that I've known take their own lives not because they're trans but because of all of the pressure and all of the abuse and all of the hate they receive you know so I do kind of you know I came so close to taking my own life as well in lots of ways I kind of feel like I kind of owe it to them and I kind of like owe it as, I don't know, payment for uh, me not taking my life, I guess. But um, but no, I mean, I'd much rather not, and I'd much rather not have to sacrifice all of the things that, that I do sacrifice to to raise trans awareness, especially when actually, you know, it's it feels like you're shouting into a void actually sometimes when you're talking to, 10 people but you get some celebrities with billions of followers that are just able to put out an anti-trans view in two seconds that wrecks all of the work that you've been doing for the last four years what do you think is uh, the biggest misinformation um when we talk about the media and the presence of that you know what what do you think people are most misinformed about and why so i'm gonna leave chloe to answer about non-binary people but the biggest misinformation i guess there's two for trans people um first of all that it's that it's not natural and it is absolutely natural it's hormonal development that happens during your during your time in the womb and, and in puberty and the second bit is is that trans people are a threat you know that trans women are predators which is just utter and complete rubbish and it's just there being used as, as fear-mongering by organizations to you know actually um use that as a, a vehicle to roll back women's rights um they're just using trans women's um rights and trans women's situation as a uh, an easy target to start driving a wedge through all of those rights that lgbtqia people and women have have gained over the last um you know 100 150 years thanks bobby honestly it's just most more of the same to be honest i think a lot of the misinformation is people saying you know non-binary people don't exist or it's not real i think a lot of people confuse gender with sexuality a lot of the time and the media sort of incites that confusion i would say um a lot of people don't actually really understand what non-binary means um just as a whole and it's used as a placeholder term for lots of actually very specific identities that aren't necessarily um the same or come under the non-binary umbrella it's that whole thing of the, the trans I'm sorry that non-binary is a, is a new thing as well that yeah you know there's there's more evidence for non-binary people going back in history 
than there actually is for trans people. And, and the trans people's history goes back to, you know, ancient Rome, ancient Greece. Mm. Non-binary history goes back to ancient Sumeria. Yeah. You know, it took four and a half thousand years before Christ, you know. Yes. So, so it's, it's not a new thing at all. But, mm. um, but the media will tell you it is. It's all Gen Z. Yeah, exactly. It's all your fault. (laughs) And so between, obviously, social media and this lack of education that I'm sure you face daily, not just, you know, in your personal lives, but at work, you know, possibly at work with employees or even managers, what do you think um, companies can do to help make the LGBTQ plus community feel safe or more comfortable being themselves at work we really need to pick up and get better at this in bp education and communication um you know we we need to reach the stage where bp is very plain and straightforward and confident about what its values are around lgbtqia people what each of those letters mean to BP. And everybody, you know, from executives down needs to be very confident around those terms. We have very straightforward values as an organization, and that's great. But unless we know how those values apply to our pride community, then how, as an organisation, do we expect to defend them? How do we expect to stand up for them? No, I fully agree with what Bobby said. I mean, you know, BP does do some good stuff. We both, Bobby and myself, are on, you know, we work with the Pride BRG, we work with the Trans and Non-Binary Peoples Group. Um, Bobby, obviously, it's your job now to do LGBTQIA um, policy and things like that. Um, we could talk at length about all the stuff that gets done uh, to make LGBTQIA plus people feel more comfortable at work and more themselves at work. But it does always come back to what Bobby said, which is the education piece. Without that, the rest of it doesn't really have a foundation to stand on. It's just people standing around in the dark, basically. Good stuff's being done more needs to be done and it needs to have its basis in education. What would a safe space or what would additional improvements do you think would help um, create a safer environment or a safer space in the workplace? I think there's always little things to be done. Things like just having those conversations, talking about trans and non-binary people and communities and not just sort of you know not speaking about it and not doing anything because you don't know about it and it's scary actually having those conversations opening up that dialogue um and not those conversations not having to come from me or bobby or somebody else who's trans or non-binary those conversations happening with between you know cisgendered people Um, would help a lot or I guess we want a safe space to be is somewhere where you can just be yourself that's 
that's all it is at the end of the day. It's not about, you know, walking around with like a banner over my head. I'm non-binary, I'm non-binary. I just want to be able to exist. I just like to be Bobby. Actually, I wouldn't, I don't need to be Bobby the trans woman, or Bobby the role model or Bobby the Bobby the anything, actually. I just want to be Bobby and just get on with things, you know. And I think obviously, you know, we have a long way to go, not just at, at BP, but, you know, as a society in general. Can either of you share, maybe both of you share an experience or a way in which you have felt supported by BP or maybe where they've actually caught you by surprise, um, joining the organization or being being here and in the workplace? I joined BP last September and I didn't really, you know, out myself in the interview process. Um, I didn't get here and sit down with my manager and say, hey, by the way, I'm non-binary. You know, it was my first career, I guess. First job after graduating uni. I wasn't really expecting to come out at work, if I'm honest. I was just going to get on with it, do my job you know, have people think I'm cis and straight and everything else and then just be myself in my own time, not at work. And that didn't end up being the case. Um, So the Pride BRG that we have at BP sent out a newsletter saying, um, you know, if you're non-binary, come and join the trans and at that time, it was called the Trans Working Group. Um, you know, they was BP was celebrating Non-Binding People's Day and wanted volunteers to help. And I was like, ooh, okay. And I'll be honest, I had an email sat in my inbox, in my outbox for a couple of days. Just, I was like, am I going to send it? Am I going to come out at work? And I did because of the environment that I'd already experienced in the Pride BRG, which was very accepting. Everyone's very honest, very open. Um, so I did. And that's when I met Bobby and got involved with the Trans Working Group, which has now been renamed to the Trans and Non-Binary People's Working Group. Um, just one example of acceptance there and, you know, making positive change. Um, so I guess, yeah, that's that's the big one, is that I actually felt accepted and comfortable enough to come out to people at work or groups of people at work. Um, Another example, I met another grad that works in the same team as me for the first time. And I just said straight up, I'm not binary. If you could call me they, them, it would make me feel really happy. Um, And he was really, he was just like, okay, cool. And I was expecting to have a big conversation. We talked earlier about having to educate people, expecting to have all of that. And he was like, okay, cool. Straight away, started referring to me as they. Um, and then a couple of days later came to me and said, hey, I'm presenting um, a wellbeing moment in my team meeting. I want to do it on pronouns. Can you just check over my PowerPoint and, and you know, make sure that I've got everything right? And that, obviously that made my heart swell. Um, so yeah, I think generally the experience that I've had, and I know it's different um, for different people, but the experience that I've had in BP has been really accepting. I've had some lovely, brilliant, brilliant experiences at, at, at BP. Some some experiences that really got me through 
my early transitioning, I had some not so great experiences that um, mainly from people that 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 weren't educated, you know. But overall, experience has been phenomenal, really, really phenomenal. But that experience at a personal level doesn't reflect, I think, the experience at a a an enterprise corporate level. And we need to get both of those matching. Um, and the reason we need to do it is because we'll get more and more people like Chloe joining the organization. And that's it's gotta be a it's gotta be a phenomenal thing for the organization. I think Chloe, you obviously touched on your experience being a fresh grad. Did you feel or have any idea um, before taking on the internship or being a part of that program that you would be so accepted? Um, did you also feel that when you were selecting or deciding where you may want to start your first job and start your career, that um, that was something that you thought about? Actually, that's a really, just to jump in there, were you out at university as non-binary, Chloe? Yeah. So that's interesting. So actually, when you joined BP, you went back into the closet. Yeah. And I think uh, there's a statistic, Bobby, you probably know the statistic of trans and non-binary people who go back into the closet when they join new companies. And the number is higher for people, grads that join um, and the original stat is for LGBTQIA plus people. I think it's 40 something percent go back into the closet when they join from university. Um, but for specifically trans and non-binary people, it's 60 something percent, I think, that go back into the closet when they join new companies. You know, everyone has parts of their identity that they don't necessarily talk about at work but the whole point is we should because it makes you so much happier um and makes it so much easier to get work done and enjoy work if you're being your true self um and luckily for me um i got to bp and it wasn't the case that they weren't accepting and i was just gonna you know not be myself it was actually the opposite um, so yeah, I came out as queer, um, honestly about a month after I joined BP because the pride organization was so great and so many people pointed me in that direction and that felt somewhat easy for me to, to come out as, as queer, um, but yeah, coming out as non-binary took a little bit longer, um, but we got there in the end. And yeah, it's been amazing. Everyone that I have come out to has been so accepting and so wonderful. Um, and yeah, I know that the people that I do come out to in the future at BP will be just as accepting and wonderful, at least in my immediate sort of the people that I know um, I know they're all going to be great. You talk, both of you really talked a lot about <clears throat> feeling comfortable, you know, with, with coming out as, you know, a peer or as an ally, 
what what allows you to feel that comfortability? Is it just a level of acceptance you feel that organically develops with that person, a relationship where you feel like, you know what, I think this person would really um, accept me for who I am? Or, or what what was it that made you feel like, you know what, I, I feel comfortable coming out and and really making it known, you know, who I am? I was completely uncomfortable with coming out. Um, and I guess, you know, that's one of the lovely things that that BP gave back to me actually I guess they gave me two things actually you know they gave me so much support um not just at the time of coming out but you know times when early on in my transition when it was so hard and I was getting I just wasn't used to being in the spotlight at all you know you know I'm still an introvert um I have ways that I manage talking in public and and doing all those things but I you know I still find it really difficult when when uh I say when I meet people for the first time and then they're just like Bobby wow oh, how are you you know how are you all this stuff and I just kind of think whoa okay you know because it's, it's because I am an introvert and I always will be an introvert um you know I just find a way to manage talking in public and um sort of big social events now but those times when it was I was struggling with that and struggling with the early parts of transitioning and people would just come up to me on the way to the to the cafeteria and just give me a big hug you know and it's and I just got so much support from people in in BP and I still do thank you both so much that is what being an ally is it's standing up for what's right I think that's something that we often really forget that's the biggest part of it you know what are you to be an ally if you're not going to stand up. Thank you so much for listening to our Life at BP episode today. If you've been inspired to find out more about a career at BP and our opportunities, please visit bp.com forward slash careers.